Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. And uh, so I'm, he asked me several months ago, he said, Greg, can you come and speak on Hope Sunday? And I said, sure. He says, I want you to get the crowd pumped and ready to go. So are you guys ready for Hope Sunday? I don't know. Let's try again. Are you guys ready for Hope Sunday? All right, I'm done. Pastor, you ready? I'm done. No? Okay. Well, I'm going to try to touch on three things really quickly. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the origin of hope, how it became, because there's a lot of you that are new here. A lot of you that may go, well, what is this all about? What is hope, Silicon Valley? What does that mean? And so we're going to talk a little bit about the origins. We're also going to talk about why we are called to do Hope Silicon Valley. It's, in, it's part of our core nature of who we are. Why are we called to do Hope Silicon Valley? And then I'm going to wrap it up with just a few words of how God was speaking to me. Um, I was on vacation, and, and I was having some great conversations with God and what He revealed to me while I was on vacation. So the, the origins of hope. And if you take a look back in, in August of 2016, pastor had only been here for about a year, and he comes to the board, and he comes to the staff, and he says... I've been having some long talks with God. And this is what he has shared with me. And he proceeded to talk and share with the board, the staff, and the other leaders of the church. And he, he shared Vision 2020. And it was a list of things that he wanted to get accomplished by the year 2020. And he shared it with the staff. And we kind of all looked at him going, okay. And these were some of the things that he shared. He wanted to plant two new churches by the year 2020. He wanted to raise four new leaders by the year 2020. He also wanted to set up ministries in third world countries, including education and medical ministries in third world countries by 2020. He wanted to invest in our youth and our young adults by creating education and career opportunities, as well as creating internships right here within our uh, church campus. And then he wanted to make an impact, not just in our our global ministries, but our local ministries. Caring for the poor, the weak, the needy, the hurting, the orphans, the widows, and the incarcerated. So this was all part of his Vision 2020. This is what he wanted to do. And in that part of Vision 2020 was the last one, and that's where hope comes into play. He wanted to create an environment where we can invite the community to come, not only to just get a free backpack, but to offer them a meal, offer them some health services, but also just to offer them compassion and heart and soul and love. So by 2017, a year later, we had completed our very first Hope Silicon Valley. It was about one year ago this weekend that we handed out over 120 backpacks without any advertising at all, just by banners and word of mouth and a Facebook post at the last minute. We fed over 200 people. We provided countless haircuts, handed out free books, snow cones, medical advice. And we thought, way to go. We did it. But that's where hope came from. It came from the vision of, a, of our pastor, uh, setting time aside, communicating with God, and allowing him to be open to what God was revealing to him. And then we came along, and, and we, we worked with pastor to make that vision come to life. So why do we do hope? Well, hope is a vision inspired by the words of Jesus in Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Now today I'm going to read it, and it's from the message. 
The message in this instance, I don't always follow the message, makes it very simple and very clear. It's a little lengthy, but bear with me and listen to the words. Okay? When he finally arrives, blazing in beauty, and all his angels with him, the Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him, and he will sort the people out, much as a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting sheep to his right and goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter, you who are blessed by my Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was homeless, and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you stopped to visit. And I was in prison, and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Then he will turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, Get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison and you never visited. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and, I, and didn't help? And he will answer them, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep to their eternal reward. Now Jesus identified with the thirsty and the naked. He identified with the sick and the suffering. He identified with the hungry and the homeless. There are countless stories in the Bible where we see Jesus stopping, stopping in mid-stride to help those that needed the help. This is a core foundation of who Christ is. He didn't care about the boundaries. He didn't care about what the, 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 the righteous people were saying. He didn't care about the Pharisees. He stopped to do what needed to be done because that was who He was. He loved all. So this is a core foundation of who Christ is. It delights Him. I can almost absolutely confirm that it will delight Him that if we followed in His footsteps, if we were to stop and take care of those that needed taken care of. That both the Old and the New Testament teach and proclaim that we are to take care of the poor. In Proverbs nineteen seventeen, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. In James 1.27, religion that, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So as we started putting hope together, we wanted to be very clear that hope represented our core values, our core purpose, and our core identity, an identity where we take care of the poor, we take care of the hungry, 
We take care of the thirsty. We take care of the sick. It's, so hope is more than just an event. Hope out there, those tents, it's more than just an event. It's more than just handing a backpack to a student. It's more than just a free hot dog and chips and water. It's more than just getting a snow cone. It's more than getting your blood pressure checked or getting your eyes checked. Those things are so tangible. Those things are so physical. Those things are so worldly. What we are offering is so much more. Deep in our core, we are called for something more. We are called to care. We are called to show compassion. We are called to love. John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Amen? We started Hope Silicon Valley, quite honestly, to be obedient to Christ. We are called to the larger hope beyond this world. How am I doing on time? I think I'm okay. So, the origins of hope, why we do hope. Now, what did God share with me? So just recently, we were on vacation in South Carolina. It was hot, it was humid, but we were on the beach, so it made it worthwhile. You'd get up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and go for walks. It was already 78 degrees outside with about 80% humidity. But that was the best time to go because you're walking along the beach, kicking up the water. Some of us would search for shells. But I love to just walk. It's a two-mile beach. I'd be out there for two to three hours. Sun would come up. We'd get beautiful pictures and share, you know, the, the glory with Christ. But while I was out there, I was communicating with God. I was talking a lot to God, having great long talks. I'd listen to music, or I would talk out loud. Luckily, there wasn't a lot of people on the beach, so I wasn't too embarrassed if people saw me talking to myself. But it was, it was really great connection time for me. It was awesome. And I kept asking God, okay, I know I'm talking this Sunday at Hope Sunday. God, what do you want me to share? What is it that you're, you want to put on my heart to share with our congregation? And this is what he revealed to me. You ready? Go. Go. Right? That's it. Go. Matthew 28, 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You see, go is an action word. It's not a very passive. You've got to get up and move. You've got you to start doing this and interacting with people and talking. And It requires that you have to move and leave where you're at and to go somewhere else. It requires for you to, to go where the people are. It requires that you have to create an environment to interact with those that are in need. So today, yes, we're not going very far. I mean, let's be honest. We're just kind of going right outside the door. But we've made it a place where people can come and we can go and we can meet with them at their level, at where they're at. 
We are to go and share the gospel. We are to go and uh, care for the needy. We are to go and feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, and to go visit the sick and the incarcerated. It's very simple. We have to go. But I want to close with this. In July, Pastor just completed his sermon series, What If? What if the church became as it should be? It was a series that focused not on your normal characters in the Bible. It focused on ordinary, normal people that had a huge influence on the early church. People that in the very briefest passages impacted the disciples and the direction of the early church. We looked at Barnabas and his role as an encouraging leader. We looked at Cornelius and his obedience in following God's vision. We looked at Lydia and how her hospitality created the right condition for the gospel to be glorified. We also looked at Priscilla and Aquila and how we can prepare ourselves to use our, own, our treasure and our talents and our time. And we looked at uh, Timothy and how we are never too young, never too old, doesn't matter what culture we come from, where we can make a difference to accomplish God's work. Ordinary people making great impact in where they were at, at that moment and at that place. Today is just about that. We have young and old and different cultures represented here today. We have treasures and talents and and time that we can give. We're providing the gifts of hospitality right outside these walls. We're obediently following the vision that was provided. And we have an encouraging leader that every step of the way has been, we got this. We're going to accomplish this. Ladies and gentlemen, we are ordinary people providing, preparing to make a great impact where we are at, at this moment, and at this place. Are you ready to care? Are you ready to love? Are you ready to go?